Navigating the Datascape with Warner Chavez and special guests. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Datascape podcast. Today, we are going to be recapping two conferences that just happened a couple of weeks ago, and they happened at uh, the same time, actually, back in uh, Seattle, Washington, in the USA. One was the PASS Data Summit, and the other one was Microsoft Ignite. And today, joining me, one of the best and brightest Brazilian MVPs, Mr. Marcelo Adade. How are you, Marcelo? I'm good, Warner. Thanks. Thanks, and thanks for the lies as well. I appreciate it. <laughs> That's right. $5. Um, so first, first, I want to get your thoughts on PASS. How was your experience? What were some of the main conversation drivers and any particular sessions that you enjoyed at the, the PASS conference? Yeah, essentially, uh, well, PASS, PASS Summit is still a great conference for data platform for data platform um, professionals. Yep. It's still it's still a good place a good place to go. Was it still uh, busy? It is. It is less busy than uh, previous years. It's hard because it, it was happening at the exact same time as Ignite too, right? So they're and they like were overlapping audiences. Yes, exactly. I mean, Ignite is not meant for only data platform uh, consumers. It's meant mm -hmm. for pretty much everything, everything yeah. Microsoft related. But uh, PES is only is a more niched. Uh, is for a more niched group. Regardless, yeah. it's still a, a great place to go. A great conference to go. And uh, at this conference in particular, we did see some uh, overlap, of course, uh, between subjects and also even between uh, speakers. Uh, but uh, we mainly saw many sessions talking about uh, experiences mm -hmm. uh, that customers and even professionals had with uh, the newer, newest uh, SQL Server uh, release to on-prem SQL Server 2022. Because yes. it... It's been out for pretty much one year now. One it year, has all yeah. sorts of uh, cumul cumulative updates. Uh, feel free to install it in your environment as well. We've been doing that extensively at Pythonus, uh, essentially. How, how has it been the adoption from our customer base? Have people feel pretty confident? I mean, it's, it's three years since 2019 and 2022, so you would think they had quite a bit of time to iron out most issues. Yeah, yeah we... Yeah, they they had they had we we had we had some time to uh, talk about talk about many many of the new features and also some improvements and enhancements that were uh, also introduced, and also also some enhancements on the IQP on intelligent query processing. Mm -hmm. We have uh, one particular customer that uh, stated that they had many, many issues related to performance in, and they're, they were running in SQL Server 2016. Those issues were related to uh, memory grant feedback, resource semaphore problem or something like that. Uh, I won't bo bore you guys with, uh, with the technical stuff, but essentially uh, SQL Server did a not so great job back then in 2016 to uh, estimate how much memory a query would need. After migrating to 2022, the customer got uh, got rid of these problems entirely because essentially the in intelligent query processing platform that runs within SQL, the SQL Server engine does a way better performs a way better a way better estimation of how much memory how much physical memory the query will uh, yeah. require. Nice. So, so the the IQP got more intelligent. 
which makes sense. Way right? more intelligent. With every yeah. single release, they're getting better at these things too, right? So that the really the the performance problems keep getting solved, so that we only see really the hardest ones, right? Which I guess I don't know if that's good for you guys though, because you guys get escalated when something's running slow, right? And now it's like most of the easy things are usually taken care of um, by the engine as well. What about cloud integrations? I know, I mean, I, I was mostly paying attention to Ignite. I wasn't really paying that much attention to Pass. True. And so I know I, you can remind me, but 2022 had that big feature of having been able to do an, an extended AG with, what was it, with uh, managed Man instance? With managed instance, yeah. You yeah. could essentially, sorry, you can essentially uh, hook up uh, an availability group that is running in SQL Server 2022, 2019, and also 2016. Uh, it's oh, backward. Okay. They, released the, they released the feature in 20, with 2022, but it's backwards compatible. They made it backwards. It just, cool. It's just not compatible with 2017, and nobody from the product team was able to actually get, get down to the weeds. But yeah. there's something there. Anyway. Okay. They're, they're, uh, they're probably going to going to do that uh, in a near in the near future. Regardless, um, you can use you can use those versions of SQL Server of an AG that is running on those on those versions, and hook it up with uh, another replica that is running on a on an Azure managed instance, regardless of the tier. It can be running on any tier whatsoever. That's one portion of the integration. The other, the other portion of the integration is um, the Synapse, the Synapse, oh, the Synapse, Synapse uh, link as well. Oh. Yeah, Synapse link uh, as well. And also they, they released, I, I think it's in public preview now, if you have if you have Arc uh, installed in your on-prem environment, you can monitor and administer your on-prem environment SQL Server related. Of course, you can administer and monitor your on-prem environment uh, within your Azure portal, which is okay. also so like single single pane of glass kind of experience. Exactly, exactly. For you can cloud and on-prem, right? Yeah. Okay, exactly. yeah, that's cool. I think, and even, I mean, if you're running SQL Server on on uh, VMs, it can even be in another cloud provider, right? You can enroll yeah. them, even if you're running them on AWS, for example, right? It's like an agent. Exactly. It's it's an agent and something that the InfoSec guys are not going to like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> It it needs to uh, it requires a connectivity between your your on-prem environment and uh, whatever the agent is running and the Azure and the Azure uh, endpoint. Of course, it will mm -hmm. require some yeah, sort of yeah. connectivity. Makes sense. Yeah, it has to be able to talk back to yeah the uh... as, as long as you don't as long as you don't open that entirely, open the firewall entirely, like we see some in some deployments. But we don't need to talk about it right now. <laughs> How much was the AI? Because I know Ignite was very AI heavy, of course, because yeah. you know the mm -hmm. whole industry is just on this AI frenzy right now. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, was there a big coverage of that in the past summit? And, and the other question I would have is: in your conversations with people just through networking, mm -hmm. was it was that a big topic or not? Well. 
uh one of the keynotes you know the the main uh the main session for the day you know the mm-hmm. starting the starting session of the day one of one of them i think the last one was in regards in regards to uh open ai in regards to okay. how artificial intelligence chat gpt all these co-pilot all these mm-hmm. uh, technologies that are part of the same umbrella are going to affect how we how we do our jobs how we perform our jobs how how these are going to affect our lives essentially and um the takeaway message is you don't need to you don't need to worry that much if you know what you're doing essentially mm-hmm. that's it um and as far as uh, technical as far as technical aspects go we see or we we had the big and I'm quoting that announcement of Copilot running in uh, Management Studio. That's the yeah. big announcement that we had. That is that that is pertained to our to our world, you know, to our yes. on our on our side of things, which is mostly relational. We, no, but that is pretty cool, right? So Microsoft yeah. strategy, like any 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 and all of the major tools yeah. are getting Copilot, right? Almost like every single Microsoft product you just you know that you're going to have a co-pilot right yeah. so windows is going to have a co-pilot the azure portal has going to have a co-pilot um yeah sms to your point right is going to have a co-pilot yeah. as well so for example help me help me you're going to type you don't need to go to a to a, a youtube video or something like that you can simply type in the co-pilot oh help me uh, administer better my my this SQL Server instance, for example, and it's going to come up with all sorts of scripts, all the Hologram scripts, of course, and then uh, it's going to suggest, oh, you can create those jobs, those those jobs, and s- set them up like these, something like that, or help me write a query that brings me that returns the yeah this amount of uh, sales per region, top amount of you know things like that. That's interesting. So because then. I mean, I didn't see the demo. I have to go back and see what the demo is because there one part of it is a co-pilot for helping you be a DBA, and a different thing is a co-pilot to help you develop business. actual business queries. Yeah, right? no, and it's different it's data to too, right? But it's going to serve. It's going to serve all these purposes. Okay, and That's cool. uh, even before that. Uh, I'm I'm not even sure that I could disclaim that, but uh, there's no dark mode coming to to <laughs> SMS at least not yet. <laughs> We've been dying oh, no. to get this feature. Yeah, but... people, man, I don't know why people are obsessed. Everything is dark mode nowadays. I I, I usually leave it in the regular mode, except VS Code. VS Code, I am used used to just exactly. seeing it in dark mode, but everything yeah. else, I'm like, nah, just normal. Easier, easier on your eyes. Easier on the eyes. That's yeah, normal. maybe. Yeah. That's Maybe what, that's the case. Um, yeah, Ignite was very similar, right? The keynote uh, mm-hmm. from Satya was all about going the whole infrastructure stack and, mm-hmm. and further and how they were basically AI was everywhere, right? Like AI mm-hmm. yeah. on the data center, AI on the chips. They announced like chip manufacturing with ARM, mm-hmm. dedicated okay. so new Microsoft de- design chips, right? They also announced all the new APIs they're bringing in through cool. um, to uh, Azure from OpenAI. They announced the uh, um, new SDKs and now there's like a co-pilot uh, SDK as well. So Microsoft's bringing in tools to make your own co-pilots, right? Um, 
and they're also bringing in even like open source models. Um, yeah. So like, for example, Facebook Meta, Meta has a has a large language model that they made open source. It's called Llama. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Microsoft is going to host it as well for you, right? So it's not oh, just yeah. the open AI ones. Yeah. So you don't have to keep on uh, having working multi-cloud, multi right? You can, you can create and build your solution uh, simply from one cloud vendor only. Yeah, yeah, and and, and everything is well integrated, right? The same strategy that for many years they applied to their on-prem software, and in this case, SQL Server, right? The mm -hmm. build more and more integrations with the cloud is the same idea with all these new these new AI models, right? Is the why would you run them in Azure, right? It's because it's all integrated, right? Your security yeah. is there, your data is there. Um, you have integrations with some of the other AI stuff, like um, document processors and stuff like that, right? So you can process a document with uh, the document intelligence and then yep. feed that into the uh, language model and then talk to the language model about your documents, right? So if yep. you have like your own documentation, which is probably a really good use case for the SSMS Copilot, right? Because you, yep. you can feed it all of the books online and if you're connected to, let's say, a SQL 2016, the, some of the views and the columns are not going to be the same as a SQL 2022, right? Exactly. But your yep. co-pilot should be smart enough to know that if you're connected to a 2016 or you're asking about yep. a 2016, then use the schema or applicable. the books online. Yep. Yeah, exactly. What is applicable mm -hmm. and what isn't? Because I think yep. that would be really, really useful because a lot of the times, when you try to solve the issues just with like Googling or stack overflowing, um, yeah. that's the problem, right? You have to come up with a view and it's like, oh, this view doesn't even exist in my version of SQL. Um, exactly. So I can other... see how that would be useful for DBAs on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, because we tend to do that all the time, right? And we tend to memorize these things or we tend to create scripts. No, every single DBA the... that I know has a folder. <laughs> that yeah. is lit that scripts. is littered with like 500 different scripts to do a bunch of different yeah. things on all of the different versions and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's my case. Guilty as charged. Uh, speaking of uh, integration, Warner, I think you're even more uh, more aware than than I uh, on that. I watched a couple of sessions on Fabric that is now generally available. Oh, yes. And that was a big the, announcement. Yeah. And they talked about there were some sessions about Fabric in, at PES uh, as been, well. Yeah. Uh, and the the very main question, the very main question that we received or that I saw, that I heard all the time, even between uh, customers, MVPs, and uh, the team and the product team is, is Fabric the new Synapse? Mm -hmm. Is Fabric going to replace Synapse Analytics? That's essentially what we're we're hearing. What we're hearing right now. I understand. Everybody's asking not. that. Yeah. Exactly. I think there there was um and that's that's only a Marcelo's opinion. I'm not sure about your opinion, but I think there was some sort of um small misguidance on Microsoft's marketing in uh showing off a fabric as a, a completely new completely new feature that could potentially uh replace everything else. Maybe they should have done like a better educa educated educated post on that or something like that anyway yes yeah what's your the, take on that 
so that's a, it's a really good point. I can see how people have this confusion. I can see where the confusion comes from. Like, I, I agree with you that the communication hasn't been the clearest yet. So far, the official position is that Synapse will remain as more of a platform as a service product. So if you're yeah. going to be, you know, doing more things yourself and you want finer grain control over everything, then you probably want to use Synapse, right? But if you want to have more of a SaaS experience, I think I think they're really trying to go, for example, to the same audience that really likes uh, Snowflake, for example, yeah. right? When you, when you sign up for Snowflake, you put in your credit card, you get this like URL, you go to the URL with the, the credentials that you set up when you signed up and boom, this web console loads up and everything's there, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's the kind of experience that you get with Fabric, right? But it's not the kind of experience that you get with Synapse, right? With yeah, Synapse yeah. is like, oh, okay, you go through this whole thing and boom, you get into the Synapse workspace. But now it's like, okay, now hook up your ADLS accounts. Okay, now yep. I have to hook up my storage. Oh, how are you managing your permissions in your storage? Oh, okay, and now I have to grant stuff at the storage yep. level and also at the Synapse level, right? How are you gonna manage all the different resource groups for your dedicated pools and stuff, right? All this stuff is kind of abstracted away from you when you're using Fabric. So I can see how it's not necessarily the same audience. I think the biggest question people have, and maybe it's just people are having a hard time articulating the question, but I think people are worried. And I think this is something that is not really answered yet, but I think people are worried that we just won't see any new features come into Synapse anymore, right? That's the biggest concern. I don't think people are concerned that Microsoft is going to shut down the Synapse service. Mm -hmm. They're not going to do that, right? They're still going to support mm -hmm. it for several years to come. But the question is, will they be still be releasing new features on the Synapse platform? Or is all the R&D for new features just dedicated Only going to, to Fabric. Fabric now, right? I think yeah. that's really the biggest concern. Not so much the other, like, oh, like, should I, yeah. you know, if I use Synapse, will I like be without a home for my data in a few years? Right? I think they're still going to support it for a long time. Um, they still support DTUs for Azure SQL database, right? And that's like, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that, exactly. that's been in since like 2015, Eight? I think. No. No, Azure SQL database is, is pretty old, but the DTUs, remember they had like, uh, uh, sorry, the the other tiers they had like um uh, basic tier standard tier oh, premium okay, yeah, yeah. tier right it wasn't yeah. the vcore model it was you have 100 yeah. dtus 300 dtus yep. all that stuff is still supported and that stuff must be at this point close to 10 years old right oh yeah, yeah um, absolutely. so i'm not super concerned about that but i i can see why people are concerned about the other part about whether new features yep. are just going to come to fabric now and then it kind of makes Synapse, I mean, understandably, it makes Synapse less attractive. If I was already on Synapse, I would, you know, I would not feel bad about it. Would you migrate it. or would you? I would take my time care. though. I wouldn't rush into it, right? Because mm -hmm. they're going to be working on better migration tools as well. Oh, right? yeah. So oh, right yeah. now there's no automation for it. So right now there yeah. isn't like a migrate button that you can press that will migrate all your Synapse stuff into Fabric. So that is still quite a complicated project. Um, so I wouldn't rush into it. I mean, they just literally announced a GA. What is it? Ten days ago, right? So yep, 
is there's no need to rush into it. But if I was starting a brand new analytics project today, yeah, I would probably I would probably go with Fabric, right? Because yeah. you know it's the it's the latest, is the latest and greatest, and it does have some obvious uh, advantages if you're coming from zero, right? Like the one lake stuff. Right, you only have to manage and share over the one lake instead of having to manage security at the level of Synapse and at the level of your storage account. Right, just that it's, is obviously better. Right, the the easiness of management. I'm not even sure if that word exists, but the easiness of management over there uh, reminds me a lot of the Snowflake uh, of the Snowflake model. Right, like like exactly like you said. Yeah, to exactly try to just like make it like it's it's plug and play kind of thing, right? So it's essential. Just, it, it, it's now we have a competition, uh, worthwhile, compet uh, worth, uh, worth competitor, right? I think yeah. so. I think it's a, it's pretty much the audience that they're looking for to target now, right? An audience that yeah. just wants to see more, more of everything um, managed, mm -hmm. and 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 keep in mind as well that they're doing all of fabric is built on uh, lake house storage, right? It's yep. all Delta Parquet. That's the, the biggest, I was discussing this, I forget who I was discussing this with, but I was discussing with somebody that is the biggest architectural change they've done to their SQL engine. And mm -hmm. since I, yeah. I don't remember, like probably since, you know, they bought it from Sybase because uh, they've yeah. we've been using that proprietary native SQL server format forever, right? Mm -hmm. that, that format yeah. hasn't changed in a long, long, long time. And... Um, and it's the first time they swap it out intentionally for something else, right? And the, and they they swapped it out not for another proprietary format. They swapped it out with an the open, open source, source right. uh, Delta yeah. uh, format. So very very right yeah, very 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 interesting. Obviously, because now you can hook up all sorts of tools as well to it. Um, it also for people that are concerned about the locking. That's something that comes up all the time as well, right? People are concerned about, oh, but if I adopt this SaaS platform, I'm locked in to mm. always using them. I'll never be able to migrate back. All my, all my data will be in this proprietary format. I'll have to dump it all out, all that kind of stuff, right? Now it's just, mm -hmm. well, it's all there sitting in Delta Park. Hey, if you want to use it, just go ahead. Really, it's right there. Yeah, so, um, exactly. In terms of the... Pass a summit. So, what were some of your favorite sessions? What was some of the good stuff that you attended? Oh yeah. Um, well, uh, like I like I said, we did uh, we did see some uh, some cases, and I'm okay. quoting that of people and customers and customers using uh, using SQL Server 2022 as a mature uh, relational database engine. It's it is mature. There are many oh, extremely mature at this point. Yeah. Yeah, and. There's one feature in particular that um, we we don't see we don't see much uh, attention on. The first one is a, a, a native backup to S to S three uh, to S three mm -hmm. uh, compatible S three compatible storages. It's not only Amazon, okay? <laughs> uh, it's important. Oh, okay, S three compatible storage. So you can have yeah. a SAN, and if the SAN has S three compatibility, then you can do it. Perfect. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, now, you do remember uh, over the years, like with uh, VM, with uh, Redgate, backup, with uh, other tools, other third-party 
um, a backup tools that they they would hook up to, to SQL Server and implement their own um, snapshotting uh, backup snapshot uh, idea, right? You remember? Mm -hmm. I think you yep, yep, dealt yep. with that in your uh, and IP then your your error log every five minutes. Your error log says I/O is being frozen, backup is being taken, now, and then yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, uh, with SQL Server 2022, we can do that ourselves as DBAs. That API is now accessible via T-SQL code. It's not only uh, uh, via Windows code anymore. It's it's via T-SQL code. And, okay. Uh, we've seen, and it, it logs. It works perfectly fine. Uh, logs uh, the backup entries to, uh, to MSDB history, the whole thing, the whole thing. So... Uh, essentially, the the session that mostly caught my attention is um, one session where Anthony Anthony Nocentino, uh did perform the performed the backup of like a five terabyte. It's a snapshot backup, but it's a backup Man. regardless. It's a full backup. Uh, a five terabyte. I'm not kidding. A five terabyte database in like ten seconds. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. or even less than that. So essentially, you don't. You don't need to wait. It's it's it was really impressive. At least to me, it was really impressive. And it goes within your um. It goes and within it's, and your, it's integrated, like you said, with everything else. Like the MSDB will track it. You'll be able to see it on the GUI on its SMS then yeah. and all that stuff. It it goes within your backup policy. It's it's essentially something that people should uh, pay more attention to. We also talked to Bob Ward about it. Um, he said, "We asked, oh, any any chance like uh, the like the managed instance link? Any chance you bring that you bring that feature to older versions as well?" He said, "Nope, migrate, <laughs> upgrade, nope, no chance, <laughs> no chance, upgrade it, upgrade it to 2022 if you want to take advantage of that." I mean, it's it's okay for customers that. Well, they have, they don't have challenges with their with their backups, mm -hmm. but I can I can really, I I really remember a couple of uh, a couple of customers that we manage that have they do have very large databases. We're talking about ten terabytes, fifteen terabytes worth of data, and uh, they have some real challenges. They really really struggle with uh, with backups. Mm -hmm. So with native backups, I mean. And they're running SQL, SQL Server 2016, 2017. So that's another very, very good, compelling reason to to migrate. If if you want to do it uh, on your own or from within SQL Server, within SQL Server directly, it's very. This, this is something that really caught my attention. Yeah. No people people think that all these things, you know, they're solved. Like yeah, and they see like companies like Microsoft have this technology, right? And they think everybody else has it kind of thing. But we we do services, right? And we have such a wide range of customers that we still see people trying to struggle on this, right? Backups or struggling yep. with index maintenance, stuff like that, right? Yep. Yeah, no, it's uh it's uh it's very interesting because everybody has their own different uh trade-offs and limits and budgets and everything, right? Oh yeah, um, so it yeah. definitely would be worth a conversation, though, for sure, with all the customers that have large databases that still haven't migrated to doing some kind of snapshot backup. Most of them, I would say, they are they just use third-party tools at this point, right? 
Exactly. Now, but what does Microsoft provide by by giving you access to that API? You don't need to use the third-party tools anymore. You don't need mm -hmm. to pay for the licensing of those third-party tools anymore. I mean, they it's it's not something that a good partner would do, but it's something that a good uh, that a good provider would do. You know, Microsoft is being the provider. Oh, now yeah. you don't have to pay for VM anymore. Something like that. You know. Well, the, you know what? This this is all. This is all the advantage of Microsoft investing in themselves, right? Yep. They, they developed it for themselves, they probably yep. run it in Azure, right? <laughs> and then they just decided exactly. to to um, share the feature with their yeah. customer base, right? Yeah. the The demo that I that I that I saw and I even played with was uh, using sto uh, nat native Azure uh, Azure storage. S3 buckets and things, and not S3 buckets, the blob storage. Blob storage, yeah. Yep. That's cool. Nice. Um, anything else in terms of the Azure SQL database? Did they have anything new for Azure SQL DB for uh, any of the other Azure services? Mm, they did mention, of course, like you said, uh, the same as Ignite, they did mention uh, Copilot. Copilot for to, Azure SQL, yeah. Yeah. Copilot for Azure SQL, Copilot for uh, Postgres SQL that is oh, running okay. within Azure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even for uh, and even not well for my SQL, not really, but uh, they did they did increase something performance wise in the my SQL business critical business critical. Uh, there is server. a big push for PostgreSQL lately, eh? and and not just yep. Microsoft, all the big providers. Like if you look at what Google is doing right with Alloy DB, that's Again, yeah. the investment in PostgreSQL too. Microsoft definitely pushing a lot. I'm not surprised they want to do a nice uh, co-pilot for the PostgreSQL flavor too. They're, they're really targeting or trying to compete on winning PostgreSQL uh, workloads for the cloud, right? So that's been, and, and I think we've seen this at Apithian as well. More and more customers mm -hmm. are being interested in using PostgreSQL as their open source database of choice, as opposed to MySQL or one of the yeah. different flavors of MySQL, right? Yeah. That is that is a very interesting way that the market is uh, moving for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Behind Postgres, we only have one open source foundation, right? Essentially, or a couple of them. Not many big, big companies uh, are behind it. Uh, behind MySQL, we do have one big company that I'm not going to mention here. But yeah, that's the other reason why some people stopped using MySQL per se and started using the other oh. uh, forks, right? Like Maria, for example, right? Yep. They, they didn't want to deal with that other. Um, corporation in any way um what something else i was actually catching up as well with the ignite sessions there's really cool stuff i don't know if you if you've seen any of the ignite demos but they had some really cool stuff what you can do now with um chat gpt with vision right so you can show chat gpt images right and then chat gpt can tell yeah. you something about the image right there's a very famous demo where somebody has like a picture of a bike and they're like, okay, I have, I've been trying. I don't know how to adjust the seat in this bike. Can you let me know how to do it? And then ChatGPT gives them like instructions. And then they're like, they take a picture of their toolbox. And they're like, I don't know what tool to use to adjust the seat. Can you let, help me pick? And then it says, okay, you want to use the tool that's like third from the corner there? That's probably the one that you need kind of thing. Oh, okay. Um, 
so so when you when you think about it then you kind of like think about how you could use it for a computer right for like just the day-to-day -day mm -hmm. interaction with like your laptop or any of these mm -hmm. other tools right and then somebody yep. um was mentioning for example the power bi copilot like the current version of the copilot it can do kind of like what you were saying about sql database right like oh how can i calculate this and then it helps you or how i i want to create a visual that uses these like measures and these columns right and then it kind of helps you create the visual but the model doesn't know what you see on the screen for now right but now with these new features the model can also see what you see on the screen so for example for bi tools which are very visually oriented right when you're dealing with yep. a report or a dashboard you could say something like hey uh that that uh let's say that bar chart in the lower right corner how does that get calculated right and then mm -hmm. yep. the model because now it's able to understand visuals right you can talk to it about your what you are seeing on the screen Right, and then it can help you with things based on what you're seeing on the screen, which is part that you would not be able to do before. Right, before it was just had access to the text, whatever you help me. Text, right, help yeah. me replace this this ugly pie chart, uh, pie yeah. chart, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you can you can say okay, can can you do you see this? Can or do you see that? Or like you know, you can you can get it to help you with things based yeah. on what you're seeing. Uh, and I think that's that's also going to be probably in, implemented in Windows, right? Because yeah. imagine imagine like a lot of uh, end users they struggle with like how do I configure this or how do I configure that? And they might have personalized some things, so maybe the instructions don't match exactly what yeah. they see on the screen anymore, right? You're using a Windows, right, over there. You're yeah. using a Windows PC, right? Uh, do you see the copilot right next to the to the search? I I already see something like preview here, like right next to the search. They already oh, yes. started. Yes, yes. They already started. And, and I mean, and I mean, if you want to start using it, you can just go to the web now too. But if you want to just have the regular general copilot, right? The the integrated mm -hmm. Windows copilot, yeah, it's coming there. Uh, I think it's being enabled uh, slowly for most. Uh, windows users it's just you know suddenly appearing for a lot of people yeah. as they update their uh, devices but um yeah. yeah so this is gonna be good to also for accessibility right people that have issues with eyesight Ooh, and yeah. stuff like that right you can get the, the ai yeah. to help you navigate your computer oh, yeah. and do things for you right if you want to write emails all that kind of stuff it could be all just like oh and now and now you can talk to it too right it has really good um Voice audio, audio to, yeah, voice recognition. So yeah. if you can say like, hey, um, can you help me draft an email and send it to so-and-so? Kind of like what you already do in the phone. Everybody's used to doing it on the phone with like Siri and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah. uh, a lot of people don't really take advantage of it on the computers um, as yeah, much. Yeah, exactly. But may maybe, maybe now this will be a big change as well. And during Ignite, uh, since we're talking artificial intelligence here, OpenAI, ChatGPT, and Copilot, um, did was there any session? Uh, because uh, the one of the keynotes was about it in the past summit. Uh, was there any session uh, about well the privacy of the data? Because that's also going to be a huge, huge. It is already a yeah. huge talk about it, right? So that's because that's the main that's the main driver in using Azure OpenAI, right? Is that yeah. everything everything is controlled by your Microsoft 
uh, enterprise agreement, all your licensing terms, like mm -hmm. all your service terms, right? So you can, and I, I actually have been playing around with this quite a bit. I, I think uh, last week I was writing a blog post about this, about like fine tuning the uh, a GPT model in mm -hmm. Azure with your own um, data examples, mm -hmm. right? So it's all it's all under your subscription, right? So everything, if you want to use the model, you have to deploy the model inside your subscription, right? You mm -hmm. deploy the model into your subscription. You have to give uh, access to the storage account that would have like your data for it to like do the indexing building or the fine tuning for the yep. model. So everything, everything stays within the boundaries of Azure, right? So I think that's really the biggest driver between like, why wouldn't, because OpenAI also has its own GPT service, right? It has, mm -hmm. they have their own API, but Microsoft is taking their models mm -hmm. as part of the partnership and hosting them inside Azure. And then everything kind of like flows from there, right? You, you, you can even, for example, the model endpoint that you have after you fine tune it, then you can put it behind a private endpoint, right? And make it only accessible from a specific virtual network and all that kind of stuff, right? It was not, it doesn't have to be a web facing API either, right? Mm -hmm. So again, all this is like enterprise controls around it, right? Because I think it's a part of definitely, a lot of people, like you said, are concerned about, they think, oh, well, if I, if I start talking to chat GPT, about all my proprietary office issues or code issues or whatnot, yep. then they're gonna use that data for training. And then eventually one day somebody mm -hmm. might be having a conversation and then ChatGPT is gonna be blabbering about my my data, right? Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not gonna happen with this, with, uh, with the open AI in, uh, yeah. in Azure. ChatGPT GPT was the only one system up until now. I may, I may be wrong, but it uh, was the only system that uh, beat the Turing test, right? I, 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 yeah, I don't know if they've uh, if they've done any other benchmarking or tests right now with mm -hmm. uh, some of the open source ones. I do know that uh, a lot of people use the one from Meta, the one that's called Llama. Yeah, okay. and that one that one is open source. I, they must have done some tests around it. It's not in, in most of the benchmarks that I've seen. It's not as good as um, definitely not as good as GPT four, but mm -hmm. for, yeah. for many different use cases, uh, it's 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 pretty good. Like, you know, you, maybe you have just a use case where you wanna maybe you wanna make an app that just like reviews grammar and stuff like that, or helps you yeah. write draft different communications or something like that. And that's something that requires a lot of logic and reasoning. And then, mm -hmm. you know, an, an open source model, at least for now, could be good enough for something like that, right? Or some people, what they do is they take like a specific task and then they fine tune the open source model so that the open source model fine tuned for that specific task performs better than the general um, GPT model, right? Because you think about it, the GPT model does everything, it's crazy. How much stuff it can do, right? It can help you yeah. prepare. They can help you prepare a party, or it can help you migrate uh, from uh, PLSQL to T-SQL, right? <laughs> it's like that's really wide range of abilities, right? But Maybe if it's hard as well, I, I already used it to help me migrate something. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 I, I I use it quite a bit uh, to help me uh, templatize uh, projects, yeah. activities. Um, to to uh, analyze uh, the 
different uh, approaches to projects, or I give it a list of activities that I think uh, make sense and it help, uh, helps me point out like weaknesses and stuff like that. Um, and um, and yeah, it, it's it's just a wide, wide range of abilities. So some people, what they do is they, if they just want to focus on one problem, they just, mm -hmm. they'll, they'll fine tune an open source one for that particular problem, right? And that way, yep. you know, it, it's kind of like, it outsmarts the other model because it's just so general, right? It's just, it's trained to do like so many, so many different things, but that's going to be really exciting. Yeah. Coming all into Azure and we'll see, uh, I think, I don't know if they talked about anything about, um, vector databases at the past summit, or if they made any announcement about adding vector database capabilities to sure. any of the SQL products, because I know mm -hmm. that. Uh, PostgreSQL has it. There's a plugin called PG Vector that's very popular. So not I wouldn't be surprised the if they're going to be working on that soon. Not to the SQL. Perhaps on Vnext, they didn't disclaim much. They didn't disclaim much about the Vnext for for the on-prem for the SQL Server on-prem. Probably going to be released next year. Probably if if we consider the cadency, right? 2017, 2019, 2022 perhaps next year or the following something like that but they did um they did announce that for cosmos for cosmos db oh, i think you okay. saw that they announced it for cosmos yes probably so essentially the feature gap and i'm quoting that the feature gap will be uh you can use that on you can use vector search in cosmos instead of cool. azure sql and then you do some sort of integration on that Hmm. Okay. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. They're adding it to Cosmos instead then. Yeah. Because um, I, I even, uh, I've been playing around with Microsoft created this like chat GPT clone. Um, if, if anybody's interested, you can just uh, go ahead and, and look it up online in the Microsoft uh, uh, GitHub repo. It's called Azure, Azure chat. And um, behind the scenes, it uses uh, Cosmos DB to, to track a bunch of the different information about the chats and the chat history and all that stuff. So that makes sense that they're adding vectors, uh, vector database for Cosmos DB. And the other thing they added is uh, that was part of Ignite as well. Now add the, what used to be called cognitive search. Now it's just called mm -hmm. AI search. And it's, it's very tightly integrated with the AI service as well. So it'll index all your documents and then you can connect it to the um, uh, language model and then it'll help you talk to your document collection kind of thing, right? So that's that's pretty cool as well. And it's all built, uh, pre-built integrations as well um, from the AI search to the uh, uh, the AI service as well. So very, very uh, AI heavy and the other, and fabric heavy is what I found and uh, not so much yeah. operational heavy. I don't know if it yeah. maybe pass has a little bit of a different approach, but that's how Ignite felt. Very fabric heavy, very AI. Oh yeah, pass pass had some uh, many many uh, uh, AI AI announcements as as well. Many sessions, many fabric sessions as well. Still many Synapse and uh, everything everything Azure related. Uh, pass also focus focused a lot. A lot on careers as well. Oh if yeah, you're mm -hmm. new to data. If you want to uh, jump into that uh, into that career, if you're looking for a new job, something like that, it's more it's more geared towards towards that. And oh, also, that's, nice, that's great. Oh, that they, yeah. You know, a big focus on professional development. Yeah, yeah. 
they keep they, they keep on doing that uh, and it's great that they are doing that also um they, they also like the the feature that i mentioned about uh the the sql server backup api for example vss api for snapshotting backups from within tsql code uh we we saw some sessions about those technical you know it's not hugely uh uh, how can I say that? It's not hugely revolutionary. The relational engine uh, new features that were that were brought up in SQL 2022, they're not particularly revolutionary, like Fabric, like AI, like these kinds of uh, services or paradigms. But they still uh, they do help us a lot in achieving like better management for our for our customers yeah even they're very important their cost. Yeah. yeah absolutely very important and that's so it's still that's, very relevant yeah, yeah exactly it is very relevant this and that's something that you know i we're we're close close to the end now but that's really something that's very important to bring up is that as much as it's always very interesting and 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 very exciting to jump into the latest technology uh wagon um there is the reality of you know operating and maintaining and and building everything that people are actually using today right yeah and and for that yes i can see you know a very focused conference like pass but it still gives the space for just like the day-to-day -day operational stuff it's very much still relevant for many many people um around the world yep yep all right and with that, we say goodbye. Appreciate your time, Marcella. Appreciate that uh, you're joining us uh, today. Thanks. And to thanks everybody for else. Invite. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody else, thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye bye. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Bye.